0: You're listening to the Bob and Bo Show. Here, are your hosts, Ty Bob, Ty Bo, and Sean. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ty Bob, joined by Ty Bo and Sean. We're coming. At you on a Thursday night. while the Thursday night game's going on between the Titans and the Packers. But we've got something a little bit more important to talk about. It is the Kansas City Chiefs who head into SoFi and take on the Los Angeles Chargers, which has been flexed. We've been talking about it for a few weeks now. It has been flexed to the Sunday night game. It's prime time, baby. And that's all the Chiefs ever know. We hit nearly the max every year. I think we get about six. Uh it's a possibility that we could hit seven if flexed correctly uh this year. Very excited for it. We've got some news coming up, but before we do that, I want to hear some new news from Tybo on his top fives. N- new news?
1: New news. Uh, this is a new listener suggestion, uh coming from Tybob's mom. Shout out Leanne. um uh, known her all my life. Um literally like a second mother to me and she wants to know what my top five wines are and I'm gonna give her more than that because I have a few honorable mentions I guess my, my honorable mentions can kind of be lumped together so sweet stuff uh man why did I I just lost it what's it the really really sweet wine
0: you're talking about like the the cheap stuff that you find in the store
1: no like cupcakes
0: barefoot moscato moscato, moscato. that's what it
1: is moscato and then you got dirt wine, wa- dirt jesus man dessert wines <laughs> like port wines um anything of that sweet stuff um at a, at a wine tasting that um was hosted at Tybob's bob's house there was this uh fizzy wine that if you dropped a tiny little scoop of ice cream in it, it like changed the flavor mm. and it was like really like sweet and smooth. So the wine sweet floats. stuff, that's, that's a, yeah. The wine floats, those were amazing. Um, that's, that makes my honorable mention. I'm also going to go ahead and say in my honorable mention, any form of sangria, I don't think I've had like a <laughs> sangria that I won't drink. Yes. Um, so if you're, if you're using wine and some other liquor and pouring it over fruit, I'm usually drinking it. So those are my honorable mentions for this list. But for number five, I have Malbec. It is a darker red wine, um, from Argentina. You pair it with meats, dark meats, steak, pork, lamb. Um, but it's, it's a great, it's not. Bitter. It's kind of really in the middle. It's uh, kind, I mean, for the the really advanced wine taster, it's probably a boring wine. But Malbec is very easy to drink, and that's why it's in my top five. <clears throat> Number four, we got Pinot Noir, another red wine. Um, let's see here. It's French. I should have guessed that from the name, um, don't know why I was searching so hard for that. Um, but it's a, it's a light red wine with usually like fruity or flower aromas. Um, and again, it's another red wine that's not bitter. It's pretty easy to drink. Number three, usually lands on the sweeter side, um, but I have a Riesling um, and the reason Riesling is in my top five at number three is because it pairs really, really well with poultry, turkey and chicken. Um, it goes really well with this type of wine. And it's like, I used to drink if I was drinking wine, I would usually ask for a Moscato or something sweet before I had a Riesling paired with Turkey. It's delicious. There's a reason they tell you to pair food with wine because it's just made that way. It's the way to do it. And Riesling in Turkey is good enough to make my top three. <clears throat> Number two, my wife and I bought a bottle of this on our honeymoon trip and got absolutely obliterated because we drank all other types of liquor on top of this. Uh, but Pinot Grigio, um, another French wine, obviously, um, it's the it's white. It's the white version of the Pinot. Um, what do we pair with this? Uh, I can't see. I can't, I'm not going to waste our time looking at some it. seafood. Mm, I all that stuff. I th- maybe I think so. That's, that's what it sounds like. I know, man, I wish I had a little bit more for that, but Pinot Grigio, while it may not be like usually everybody like the highest graded wine, like the best wine out there, Holds a, you know, kind of a special place in my heart because of the, you know, honeymoon trip thing, because it was like a bonding moment for me and my wife. But that aside, it's number two. Number one, this is one I know goes with seafood. I had it at uh, the Bristol Steakhouse in Power and Light. Fantastic restaurant. Didn't make my top five restaurant. Fantastic restaurant. I had Some sort of white fish. I can't remember the name of it. I think it was, it wasn't halibut, but one of the white fish out there and it paired with a Sauvignon Blanc. Phenomenal. One of the best meals I think I've had, you know, in my adult life. And the Sauvignon Blanc just topped it off. It's a citrusy white wine. um, I really like citrus flavors. So that specifically right there is why it's my number one. But it's also French too, by the way.
0: Love Sauvignon yes. Blancs. A little lighter, a little sweet. Very good.
2: Do you ever aerate your wine? Whenever you have it or just keep it drinking? My right mom had
1: an aerator and the, the types of wine that it makes a difference on because it doesn't, you don't need to aerate all wine. No. The types of wine that it makes a difference on, difference on is the stuff that I usually don't go for. My, my mom has a much different taste of wine, taste in wine than I do. It's just it's completely different. We're on totally opposite. My mom likes Chardonnay, okay? Mm. And like other weird, bitter, like dries your mouth out red wines. I can't stand that stuff.
0: Yeah. You, you, my mom, and I all have uh, the same taste in wines. The, the white wines that are a little bit sweeter or more citrusy, um, I generally can't do those super dry red wines either unless they've yeah. been aerated. And that's why the only two red wines on my top five are...
1: Really, really in the middle and like smooth, very, very easy, easy to drink. So, yeah, I like those. Need to do a wine party again. It's a good time. Well, it's, folks, it's. it's why I'm not going to turn down an opportunity to drink alcohol. You know? it, yeah. wine fits that category. So <laughs> there we go. Throw it, it just it so in. happens. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not again. in my, I have an iron stomach. So you know, I, I'm not one of those people. that's just like I can't.
0: I can't drink. You know, but this. Give everything a try, you know. But exactly. Well, folks, it is that time of the week where we bring you some of the news that is going around Chiefs Kingdom. Uh, I wanted to touch a little bit on this one, so if you guys have any thoughts, um, definitely join in. Uh, like I said, we are also watching uh, the live Thursday night game, so if something amazing goes on, we might uh, pitch it to our. Non on field reporter Sean Wilson, uh, to give us a little report of what's going on. <laughs> if something crazy happens, we will stop the presses and we will send it over to our non on field reporter, uh, to give us a little scoop. Matter of fact, there was just a score. Uh, go ahead and give us an update real quick there, Sean
2: Derrick Henry with a rushing touchdown put the Titans up 13 to six, barring the extra point right now. Oh, 14 to six. He, he made was it a
1: short yardage touchdown, was, it was a, a six yard run. System. Six yard one.
2: Okay. So it's not it's not like a fourth and one. Right. You know, where he missed last time, but
1: more short short yardage back in the NFL, Derek Henry. I'm Not
2: saying this I'm not saying the stats are there, but hey. If he needs it's, to get it's one, it's the yard, eye test. Can't get it.
0: yeah. It's the eye test, you know. Let's get over to the news. Uh coming from Field Yates. Um uh Eno Benjamin had previously been picked up uh, by the Texans. We talked about that, Um, but there were multiple claims on his waiver. Uh, There were the Saints, there was the Seahawks, but the Chiefs had also put a claim on him, uh, which is very odd uh, given the stance that the Chiefs have taken on Ronald Jones, who has been a healthy scratch through 10 weeks. Um, Obviously, one of those is a bye week. So through nine games, he's been uh, a healthy scratch, uh, and the, that just kind of tells you where the Chiefs are in that situation. I got a
1: question to pose to the group real quick, guys.
0: Do you, with the Ronald
1: Jones situation, do you think there was anything said to him after the tweet? Like, what do you think the conversation was between him and the coaches after, like, he's not, he's very, like, cryptic, but, like, kind of obvious about asking for a release on Twitter. Like, it is there any conversation
0: critical. was had? It definitely well, wasn't. Well, I mean, he didn't like,
1: I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't, he he said it in a different way. Like, he That's did true. use the word release, but he's not out here plainly saying, like, I want a release from the team." Like, yeah.
0: If there was a conversation, which honestly, the, the, there might have been something small, like, hey, you know, keep biding your time, you know. We 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 have a plan for you sort of sort of mantra. Um the only thing I, I would have expected, if anything, other than that was hey, if there's a situation when we could get you out of here because you do want to be gone, then then we'll explore the options to kind of replace you and then and then get you out of here. But um honestly I don't think they said anything.
1: Was Eno a replacement? Like you if, if we picked up Eno.
0: Was Rojo was cut. gone. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. If Eno was coming in, Rojo was gone. And, and and sadly, Eno would have been put in in Rojo's position as being a healthy scratch. I don't, I don't personally like it because I tend to side with the players. I don't know about you guys. I think you do, but I I just don't like how we've brought Rojo in. You know, told him that he's going to be this back, and then com- done absolutely nothing with him. I mean, what what were what were we telling him? Like, I mean,
1: that's just it's just NFL. He's getting paid. I yeah. understand he's not, and uh, he's not he's not happy, know.
0: but like, uh. I don't think he signs as a free agent with the Kansas City Chiefs if we're not telling him he's going to get some playing time.
2: I think the Chiefs are also one of the only teams that we're going to sign him, anyways.
1: Fair. It's totally possible. I mean, he already knew there was two running backs at the time when he signed. There was two running backs that were going to be established over him in the depth chart, at least to begin the
0: season. Um, we'll go on to the next little bit of news here. Uh, comes from Pete Sweeney from the Arrowhead Pride. I like all of his work. Uh, you can also find him on 41 Action News and on 610 uh, when he talks to Carrington Harrison on the drive. Um the Arrowhead Pride had put out a little bit of information uh, alluding to players playing. Um, there's been other information about Mike Williams and Keenan Allen possibly coming back um, to to be able to make this showdown. Uh, but Pete did say it sounds like wide receivers Keenan Allen and Mike Williams playing against the Chiefs may be a little bit of a stretch. Uh, showing that there could possibly be a little bit of controversy about them coming back and playing against the Chiefs on Sunday versus the reports you're hearing out there on Twitter so far.
1: Controversy if they play?
0: Well, The the reports so far on Twitter are that uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are both practicing and are preparing to play, and Pete Sweeney is saying stop the presses a little bit, hold your horses, uh, they may be practicing but it's most likely possible that they are not going to play contrary to the other well because
1: some was it Pete that was saying like they're just going through certain types of drills they're not they're not a full practice they're not correct.
0: yeah yeah that was Pete okay um in some news uh coming over from herbie tope uh, he did say the Chiefs Special Teams Coordinator, Dave Tobe, uh, says Kadarius Tony is the full-on punt returner moving forward. Uh, he added, and I quote, he adds something with the ball in his hands. Uh, so it's good to see that we now have a full-time uh, punt, uh, punt returner. Uh, it's going to be nice to see that back there. I also saw reports about uh, phasing uh, Pacheco out of the kick returning uh, spot as well so it'll be interesting to see who fills in that void come sunday
1: the only thing you worry about now is the health of the receivers because that is tony's playing a lot and he's returning kick punts at the same time
0: yeah yeah that that will be important because there's some other news here um, that we've been talking about all week. Um, coming from Adam Schefter earlier today, the Chiefs had placed wide receiver McCall Hardman on injury reserve, meaning he is out a minimum of four games. Now, uh, they did not release exactly what the issue is. Uh, they said, uh, per Andy Reid, is an abdominal illness. Um, most people would expect, uh, you know, pancreatitis, uh, maybe a hernia something along those lines uh there's been a lot of speculations um on that it being a sports hernia and that he is out for a minimum of 6 weeks that's it's a hernia is generally 6 to 12 um i would i would say you know 4 weeks he'll be back in 4 weeks 100% take it to the bank put your money on it 4 weeks he'll be totally fine
2: I mean, everybody's still, like, in the dark on it anyway, so. Everybody really is. Has.
0: Goodness. Go ahead. <laughs> That's what was fine that? That's a fine. I <laughs> choked up my own spit. <laughs> <laughs> Need a drink. I'm dying over here. Uh, Yeah, well, I mean, we're in the dark. They didn't, they're not saying what it is. An abdominal illness leaves it very vague. Um, but. If I if I was a betting man, which I am, I would tell you to put all your money that he on it that he'll be back in four. Uh, that also leaves us. Yeah, we'll leave it there. Uh, there's uh, that leaves us in a bit of a predicament when it comes to uh, receivers and uh, who will be playing. We'll get to the injury report here shortly, um, but as of right now, we have uh, four four healthy receivers. Excuse me, three. We have three healthy receivers. Um, obviously, we've got practice squad players like Marcus Kemp, Cornel Powell, Amir Smith, Mar- uh, Marcet, and Jaron Ealy. Um, Juju's still in concussion protocol. Uh, MVS was having some practice issues. So that leaves Justin Watson, Sky Moore, and Kadarius Tony as our three potentials only receivers. Uh, leaves us in a pretty rough spot uh, that I am not too excited about
1: i mean they wouldn't they would call up people from the practice squad depending on how many people are out but mvs just an illness you know it could be a cold could be the flu it, it have they come out and say it's non-covid related
0: Ah, uh, no they have not come out and said anything at all
1: okay well illness when it's in parentheses on an injury list we usually think that's pretty short term um, Juju might not be back for this game and I wouldn't be upset if they held him out for this game. Um, cause we don't want anything else to happen when it comes to the head related injuries. Um, but it's for the most part, two big guys in the receiving rotation. Um, it's going to be fairly short term issues.
0: Yes. Uh, let's just jump over into uh, the injury report with that information. Obviously, McCall Hardman with the injury reserve tag. We've also got corner Chris Lamins, uh, who is in concussion protocol, uh, along with uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Neither one of them have practiced through Wednesday or through Thursday. You've got two running backs on the list, Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, McKinnon has been limited with a hamstring and a shoulder injury Wednesday and Thursday. Isaiah Pacheco was a full participant both days. Uh, In not so good news, Legarius Sneed has a knee issue and was limited Wednesday and Thursday as well. Uh, Marquez seems to be getting back on the horse a little bit. He was a non-participant on Wednesday. He did uh, practice in a partici- uh, excuse me in a limited uh, portion on Thursday. Uh, and then you also have Andrew Wiley, who's battling an elbow issue. He was a f- full participant in both days. Um, so not not too much different. Having LJ out, um, little. A little iffy on that. What are your guys' thoughts on uh, on LJ picking up a knee injury?
2: Is it the same thing he was dealing with last week while he was on the yeah. injury report? Or... I believe so. Uh, seems like he's able to play through it at least, and hopefully it's not too bad for him. And Really hoping he doesn't aggravate it even more in this game so he will miss more time, but seems like it's not too big for him. He's still willing to play through it. so.
0: Practice? Talking about practice? Hopefully it's just
1: like a maintenance type of thing. For sure. Uh,
0: Let's just jump over to the Los Angeles Chargers report. Uh, Multiple, multiple receivers out. Um, Keenan Allen... Mike Williams, DeAndre Carter, all three practiced uh, in limited portions on Wednesday and Thursday. You've got tight end Gerald Everett, who's battling his groin issue, limited Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, Their kicker, who's still dealing with a right hamstring injury, Dustin Hopkins, was a non-participant both days. But don't worry, they still have Dicker the kicker. Outside linebacker Khalil Mack was a non participant on Wednesday, but a full participant on Thursday. It looks like he was just out for rest and personal reasons. Uh, A couple more here. Their punter, uh, due to illness, did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday. That might help out a lot because they like to punt. Uh, You've also got tackle Trey Pipkins, the third with a knee issue, limited both days, uh, followed by another outside linebacker, Chris Rumpf, the second with a knee injury limited on both days so we are getting to the portion of the season where injury lists are going to be riddled with players on limited and non-practicing and rest portions uh seeing some of the names that are on there do you do you guys think that uh that alan and uh mike williams make it back for this showdown i mean it's it's a must win for them not only to be able to make the play uh, compete in the division but also make the playoffs
2: Mm, they, haven't, they just got off their bye last week, didn't they? They did. Yeah, I don't think they're going to play this week. Just keep them safe. Mac, Mike Williams is still a young receiver for them. They want to make sure he's healthy for the future years. Uh, he did Allen. He's only played one game this year, and that was very limited. So don't think he's really ready to go yet.
1: He's only played one game in this season.
0: Man can't stay off of injury reports.
1: I mean, if uh, if there was a game that they would rush him back for, it is it is a Kansas City Chiefs game. Um, But from what I saw, what they're doing in practice, it doesn't quite seem like they're they're full speed yet. So I don't know. I don't know if it's a legitimate chance that they they come back for Sunday.
0: It'd be nice to see them not come back because uh at least Mike Williams, he's the one who typically tears us up every single time. Keenan used to when he I mean they both <laughs> have <laughs> torn us up it's, at yeah. one point or another. Let's um what what are our offensive expectations to start us to start us off here? Uh given Juju's out, M V S is somewhat limited, McColl being out. What are we what are you guys expecting to see on the offensive side passing game side? Multiple tight end sets.
1: Yeah. Noah Gray, Jody forts and Travis Kelsey all out there at the same time. And, you know, maybe because of that, we see some more snaps under center from Pat. Um, but, you know, that I feel like that's, that's my answer for a lot of things. And we don't see the Chiefs do that. So I'm just dumb for saying anything about it. So
2: <laughs> Yeah, look for them to really use the running backs in the passing game too. Probably a lot of screens, a lot of stuff like that.
0: Could we expect a big game from a guy like Noah Gray?
1: Maybe, but I I, I feel like uh, KT gets a uh, 100-yard receiving game. Maybe even like 150.
0: Yeah, KT could have a hell of a game, especially, I mean, I, even even if MVS does play, I think it's going to be in somewhat of a limited fashion. KT is going to be the number one guy out there most of the time, I I would have to expect uh, assume.
2: Expect this, to be, th- this week to be the week that Sky Moore gets a little bit more involved in the
1: offense gets a few more catches. I'd be happy with that. I would be incredibly happy with that.
0: Given the um, issues that we're seeing at wide receiver, I know that this player's snap count has gone down into almost no involvement. Should we expect to see a resurgence of Clyde Edwards-Alaire this week against the Chargers, uh, especially with knowing that, we're going to be passing the ball a lot and we need the other option out there. Um, and because Jarek McKinnon has been limited through two days so far.
2: I expect if he does something early on in the game, they will go back to him. But if he doesn't make use of his first two or three snaps out there, if he gets out there for those, then he's not going to play very much the rest of the game.
1: So this th- running back situations all over the NFL are very hard to judge but i feel like the Kansas City Chiefs especially right now but historically have a very unpredictable backfield um so it it's, it all depends on game flow it all depends on certain scripts at certain times like Andy is dismissing everything that it, like people are saying about CEH on social media and everything and I, i'm not i don't know exactly verbatim what his answer was to the reporter's question but you know Clyde I don't think necessarily he's going to be I don't think he's going to be the guy that we need to turn to like I said I think KT Kadarius Tony's going to have a big game and Clyde could have another game like he just had because our offense did enough to win that game so if if Pacheco's seeing success. We're not going to need Clyde as much. And I and like I said, if they if we use our weapons the way I know we can, there's other people in that offense that are, are going to have big games against the Chargers. What do you
2: think of a possibility of us running a two running back set out there? You think that we would ever like, do that, or like Pacheco and Clyde out there?
1: like a split backfield or like somebody else is out wide or split backfield. I mean, you can put them in motion in any moment. It's, uh, we've seen, we've seen similar formations like that out of the chiefs in the past. I wouldn't put it past them, but I'm not getting that vibe this year. I'm not, I have, we haven't really seen that they have running backs in, in certain situations where they feel like they're going to have success
0: that portion of the playbook is fairly limited just because we don't trust our running backs. We, we clearly don't. Um, I just, I just, yeah, that, that portion has got to be severely limited. Uh, if it, if it comes out, you know, we will, we'll see it probably a couple of times, but not, I don't even trust our backs back there to be able to 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 run routes and pass block and and do all these things. Um, the one thing I'm reminded of is if we go back and look at a little bit of the film from uh, camp, uh, a couple of the routes and catches that were made by Pacheco. We haven't really seen that very often during the season, but we know that at least in camp he's been able to run very good routes catch the ball really well and still be able to turn up field and 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 do his uh do his portion that way. Do you guys expect to see um some more passing to Pacheco in this game?
2: I think this is going to be the Isaiah Pacheco breakout show. Yo. He's going to get a lot of rush opportunities. He's going to make the most of it. He's averaging I think what 4.3 yards per rush. Honestly, he's he's bound to have a big game sometime. And if he gets involved in the pass game a little bit, he's just going to break one off. I'm expecting a big, big run or a big touchdown at some point. Call your shot, man.
0: Call your shot. What's he get?
2: Uh, over 40 yard rush for sure. What's he in
0: the game? With? <laughs> what's it? What's he in the game with rushing and receiving? Hey, what's yeah? Six sixteen
2: carries, 103 yards, one touchdown, four catches. Forty-four yards, no
0: touchdowns. Hey, go put a go put a same game parlay on that, bud.
1: In Missouri, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you ain't got nowhere to go. You're stuck in the mid. Going all your... the way
1: over to Kansas.
0: Hey, <laughs> Tybo, what are your expectations for for Pacheco in this game?
1: I, to be completely honest, I think we're going to see. A similar game to what we saw in the Jaguars game for our offense. Uh, I don't know if the Chargers health wise are going to be able to just keep up with the game against us. Like they're they're battered, they're torn apart. It's it's not it it's sad. It's uh it's not something you like to see to a team, but it just it, it is what it is. We while we have. A decent amount of names on the injury list. We still have a lot of dynamic players. We have health up front, and uh, our our backup for the right tackle is is so far played pretty serviceably. So there's not a lot that you can say is going wrong about the Kansas City Chiefs right now. And I feel SoFi isn't a good enough home advantage for us to be really that worried about this game. We just still have to come out and. Act, act like we're ready. So I think Pacheco is going to get a little bit over 10 carries and around 60 to 70 yards. You know, average – the stats have, have been saying, like, the more you give him the ball, the, the his average just keeps going up. His yards per carry yeah, just keep going up. So um, I – you know, maybe they give it to him more, but I'm not necessarily expecting that. I think it's going to be – a balanced passing attack and Pat is going to have quite a few passing yards.
0: I like it. Well, let's just uh, jump over to the uh, defensive side. Uh, Last week uh, we talked, or excuse me, in the last show, we talked about um, how much our uh, cornerbacks gave up. Um, I was reminded uh, that uh, a lot of these places who take those statistics uh, equate wide open passes given up to the nearest defender. So it's possible that uh, those weren't necessarily given up uh, by by that person uh, as they may have been in a different coverage. Um, if you look at the film, it really didn't look like they gave up a whole lot, uh, but the Jaguars were also chasing the game. Should we expect to see a better outing from our defensive backs uh, uh, come Sunday night?
1: The concerning thing is LJ's injury. the The severity of that is going to really depend on, or is going to have a huge impact on how the secondary plays come Sunday.
2: I think that they will play very well for the fact that Mike Williams and Kenyon Allen may be out. Mike Williams torched us a lot, torched us a lot in the first game on Rashad Fenton, and he is no longer with the team. And this is the second time they're seeing Justin Herbert, so maybe they're going to catch up on some stuff that they saw from the first time seeing him.
0: The defensive line really stepped up last week. Uh, and granted, the 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 offensive line for the Jaguars isn't anything to uh, to tout. Although they uh, prior to last week only gave up twelve total sacks, so kudos kudos to that offensive line that uh, used to be the worst offensive line in the league, giving up the most sacks. Year after year after year, um, we're seeing Rashawn Slater out. We're seeing the the Chargers' offensive line be banged up. Um, should we expect the same sort of outing this week?
1: I think we're going to even see we're going to see a better outing. Um, the defensive line had a big game against the Chargers in the first game. They had a, Chris Jones had a lot of pressures. Um, it was it was a good team effort. Frank Clark is back. Um, so it's a, at, at the very least, he's a rotational piece to give other guys rest. And I know I feel like Frank Clark is more than that. He will come with pressure at certain points in this game. I feel like he's hungry this season, and we've also said in the, in the preseason that he's lean. He's he's in better shape than he has been in the past. Um, so I, I think the defensive line is only getting better. I think George Karloftis has been getting better and more effective um as is he progressing at the rate that everybody hoped for or i was expecting no but it is what it is and the defensive line is playing pretty well so i think we get more than a couple sacks on justin herbert on sunday and uh chris jones continues his dominance
2: i think george carlapis will definitely get his first official lone sack this week it's he needs long enough it's means, been long he he's been there to. long enough. Like, he has to get it just to be on the right path of where he's trying to go. And I got a question for you guys. Do you think Mike Dana will finish the job up on Justin Herbert this time? Since he's the guy that fractured his ribs or fractured his cartilage, cartilage last time.
0: I think Herbert plays it safe this time around. I think he's been playing awfully safe so far through the season, given the rivalry with the Chiefs somewhat rivalry with the chiefs knowing we're going to be going all out every single game. I think, uh, I think he starts to kind of lay off of it and pull up early, um, keep himself staying as healthy as possible. Like that. Um, Do Tybo, you were talking about uh, Frank Clark coming back. Uh, which is good to see, at least even in a rotational portion. But do you do you guys expect uh, Carlos Dunlap to start taking that backseat role again and kind of get um, you, you know the le- lesser snaps now that Frank Clark is back? I would hate to see it, but I think that's kind of going to be the direction we go in. I think I think our coaches do
1: do things a little bit differently than, than we may think. I think it has a lot to do with situations. And I mean, I'm mean i sure there's a lot of different factors that go into how they rotate guys on offense and defense. Um, so I think one of the factors is riding the hot hand. So whoever's playing well is probably going to get the most snaps. But I feel like this, at least for the first game of Frank Clark coming back from his susp- suspension is gonna be fairly even. Um Carlos Dunlap has been playing well so I don't think I don't think you can take anything away from him because of his performance while Frank Clark has uh, been out. Yeah. I completely agree with that.
0: <laughs> Sean, what is something that we should not expect of our defense on Sunday?
2: We should not expect a lot of penalties. Last week We didn't have a single penalty on offense or defense. And it was refreshing to see a cornerback on a deep ball, not get pass interference along the sideline with Trent McDuffie. He got his eyes back. He attacked the receiver whenever he was trying to catch it, instead of trying to grab him beforehand to get the pass interference. And that is amazing to see. We have not seen that in a very long time.
0: Ibo, what is something that we shouldn't expect uh, on the defensive side?
1: Should not expect. Correct. I, uh, I, we should not expect the defense to take over this game. Um, this game, this game is a is a usually a quarterback duel, like it, it's Pat versus Justin Herbert, and with everything you can say negative about justin herbert he's a good quarterback he can do some crazy things on the football field and he plays and his team plays the chiefs very very tough um so we can never count out the chargers fine expect them to find ways to score against our defense um but like i said earlier i don't think the chargers as a whole because of how beat up they are can can hang with us it it, it might not be quite a shootout, but it's going to be a fairly high-scoring game.
0: I would say ex- don't expect the defense or at least the defensive line to operate the same way as we did against the Jaguars, being able to stuff the run. Um, as as banged up as the Chargers' offensive line is, um, I would not expect our defensive line to be able to uh, plug the gaps and hold uh, a guy like Austin Eckler. I think he's, he, he had a, a poor, I would say a poor performance in week two. Um, so I, I would say he's probably due for one against us uh, come Sunday night.
2: I mean, we have a top 10 rush defense right now.
0: Yeah. Austin is also Stuff one nation, of those
1: guys. Stuff nation, bro. Stuff nation. Colin Saunders
0: uh what is something Big we should boy yeah hey, he's playing what a lot is, better he's playing well he's happened. getting in uh what what are uh, what are things we should not be expecting from the offense
1: uh good question ty bob, what do you think
0: uh for me, I would not expect a large passing game from Patrick Mahomes. I wouldn't just, just given the fact that uh, MVS is most likely going to be limited if he plays at all. Um, Juju being out, I think the defense is going to um, key on Travis. And as much as Travis can get out of those keys, I think it's just going to be a tough night to move the ball around through the air.
1: We're gonna have we're gonna have a lot of players surprise some people. We're gonna Thanks have some good. we're gonna have some tight ends. We're gonna have wide receivers lower on our depth chart. We surprise a lot of people out there. Justin Watson, his snap share has like steadily stayed or slightly increased um every week. Um, expect him to catch more than five balls. Um do not expect the Chiefs offense to have over a hundred rushing yards. They will. They will not. <laughs> they will. That goes against
0: everything that Sean had said earlier.
1: Yeah, doubting me. Mean.
2: I'll come back to that. Uh, What not to expect? I do not expect a first-time touchdown scorer this week, which I believe that would probably be only Sky Moore. At this point, I expected all the touchdowns to be from people who have already caught a touchdown or ran for a touchdown
1: this
0: year. Interesting.
1: That's, uh, I mean, that's so that's interesting, but that's not like a very profound because you're just saying Sky Moore is not going to get his first touchdown.
2: It could be anybody else out there that hasn't really scored one yet. Who Jacob hasn't caught one?
1: Oh, well, he's he's ran it in, he's already had a touchdown.
2: First time catching touchdown.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Oh, here we semantics. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Going back on everything he just said. All right. Well, um let's get to our players of the game one offense one defense sean you had already picked pacheco for the offense who is your defensive player to watch
2: leo chanel he's been playing great of recently and i'm expecting him to get a lot more playing time this week uh maybe not a lot more but definitely a few more snaps than he has been the past few weeks but expect him to make some big plays some big stops uh, good tackler. He's gonna have at least one really big hit.
0: Hi, Bo, who you got for offense?
1: Jody Fortson. Baby. Yeah, we'll love to see him back. He is not on the injury report. Am I correct? Correct. I didn't hear his name earlier. Um, so hopefully his quad is a okay. Jody Fortson is going to not just catch a touchdown, he's going to make um, some different plays in the offense this week. I'm willing it. I'm I'm manifesting it. I'm I'm making this happen. Let's What's the stat line? Let's go, Jody. What's the stat line? Uh, it's it's not. It's gonna be. It's gonna be fairly mundane. Four catches, and let's say.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Four four catches, and let's let's put let's put thirty eight yards on it. Any touchdowns? No touchdowns. I mean, he may. He may not. Noah Gray has been trending upwards. Travis Kelsey's still out there. Um, I think this. I think the Chiefs are cr- going to come a little creative in this in this game to compensate for some injuries.
2: Okay, over under half a touchdown.
1: Sure. Going to get one or not? Care. No, he's not going to get one. Okay, so it's an under.
0: Under. Here we go. Tybo doesn't know how to bet yet. <laughs> Tybo, who's your defensive player to watch?
1: Uh, I don't know, man. Frank Clark. (laughs) That was my other one. Clark Deshart.
0: Over under sack and a half. Over.
1: Second and a half? He's going to get two sacks.
0: (laughs) Okay. I like it.
2: You heard. Uh, No, he's going to get exactly a second and a half
1: yeah that would suck
0: we'll lose your bet there good thing um, I don't
1: do that so I mean <laughs> this is exactly why like
0: <laughs> um, offensively for me I would have to say watch out for Noah Gray I think we're right in the fact that we're going to be running multiple tight end sets um, he's really come on this year they call him mini TK for a reason uh, Sean, it seems like we've got some on-field news that we need to go to our off-field reporter for. Oh, yes, we do.
2: Big, big, big screen pass play to Derek Henry. He busted it out for, I want to say, 45-50 yards. Big play. Down into the red zone.
0: Big, big play. Love to see it. Um, back to no great. He's come on as of as of late this season. They call him mini TK for a reason. Uh, <laughs> what's going on, Timo?
1: Uh, it was just like a, we can put that whole deck. We can put that little segment for Sean in parentheses right there. Just a little
0: aside. We're right oh, back to it. what you you restated <laughs> what you said right before. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I would say if we're going to give Noah Gray a stat line, I'm going to give him six catches, six, and he's going to have 57 yards, one touchdown,
1: hmm. one touchdown. I see that. I, I I I think I think he's trending towards another touchdown too. I don't know if it's Jody. I think when I say watch Jody Fortson on offense, he's going to he's going to have a big like let's say a conversion catch or he's going to he's going to take a short pass and rip it for over 10 yards or something like that. I think Jody's going to make just a couple impact plays oh. that really help the offense out. What's going on, Sean? What's
0: going on? Hand Rob? off to Derrick
1: Everybody.
2: Henry. Hand off to Derrick Henry, jump pass to the touchdown. I did not see who caught it. but Oh my
0: gosh. Uh, that was uh, Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper Austin in the Hooper touchdown.
2: Jump pass from Derrick Henry.
0: Uh, for my defensive player to watch, I'm going to have to go with Sean Stolmine with Leo Chennault. Um I'm going to have to go with Willie Gay. He comes away with uh, an interception this game.
2: Is that two weeks in a row for Willie Gay?
0: I believe he did get one last week, so yes. That no, I mean for, for you. Oh. Player um, to watch. Well, it might be. I, don't I mean, remember Willie Gay, Gay has week. been on his Player to Watch for needs to
1: be multiple weeks. So, <laughs> All right. well, I'll give you another
0: one next week. Might be Willie Gay again. It should be. Yeah. Let's keep watching Willie Gay. You need Gay. to watch him. Just keep watching. Him. Yep. All right, boys. It is that time to get to our Pick'Em segment. Uh, we've got Like I said, Kansas City heading into SoFi to take on the Los Angeles Chargers um, from a sports book that shall not be named. The Chargers at home are a five-point dog. (laughs) They're a five-point dog at
1: home, man. Sucks to suck, guys. Don't want to be too cocky, though. Got to be ready to play this game.
0: Oh, crap. I hope you guys know that. It's a it's me picking
1: it's right me picking. i'm
0: going last
1: yeah that
0: is that is yeah. correct i uh i forgot here so uh, obviously i'm gonna take the kansas city chiefs give yeah. me um a, a win for the boys in red um let's call this one 37 to
1: 24 mm. are we 30? are we gonna are we gonna be the boys in white
0: uh, yeah. only I mean, we
1: wear white in so far.
0: We also have red on in our whites, you know? Okay.
1: <laughs>
2: Chiefs 30, Chargers 24.
0: 44,
2: 35. Tabo always goes for the high-scoring games.
0: He goes I for the high-scoring, and I, I do love it. It never pans out. But I do love uh, it. I
1: didn't, so I... The Bucks game. I, I called a much lower scoring game, and then that we, we dropped 40. So, like, I'm just choosing the wrong teams. Like, yeah, I thought we could easily drop 50 points on the Jaguars. Oh, well, guess not. Pat's going to throw for a couple picks. Like, Jesus. But, yeah, it's going to happen. It's good. We're going to have a 40-point game against the Chargers. I like it
0: make sure to join us back Uh, next week, obviously is going to be uh, Thanksgiving. Everybody's going to be traveling. So make sure to share this with your family and friends uh, so they can listen to us on the road as they go uh, to watch some Thanksgiving football and have a bunch of Turkey uh, or whatever it is that you have. Uh, (laughs) uh, Like I said, uh, we'll be recording Monday. So make sure to join us on Tuesday, different day. Join us on Tuesday uh, to get the full game report. Uh, from the Chiefs and the Chargers. As as always, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs! Chiefs!